tonight on the show, lock your doors, because daddy's home. It's 1987's The Stepfather. My guest is Philip. This is Manic Movie Monday. Tonight on the show, I'm excited to welcome back my friend Philip from Camp Good Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Good to be back. Yeah. Oh my God. Welcome back. And we are going to talk about probably one of the scariest movies of the 80s. Honestly, like mm-hmm. thriller, just amazing performances, yep. chilling, everything else. We are going to talk about 1987's The Stepfather. Oh yes, <laughs> was not. It definitely wasn't good for what the eighty-seven was not a good year for stepfathers. <laughs> After no. this movie came out, you were probably just like, "Oh no!" Like, like, <laughs> like I hope well, mom I didn't get remarried. <laughs> seriously, yeah, seriously. Or if you were entering a family, but you knew you weren't a homicidal maniac, you're like, "Wait, no, that's I'm not that." Like, please, I'm a good guy. I just want to be in this family. And they're like, well, now you sound like the stepfather from the movie. That's right. You're dropping family you left thought, and right. You, you're, yeah, the family values guy. You sound like you, you're channeling your inner Terry O'Quinn. Seriously, it ruined, he, this movie definitely ruined, like, it, it, it was probably hard. It was probably very, I bet, I bet women were very guarded. All right. Now, what was your background with this? Um, that, it, You know, it's really weird. It started with Stepfather 3, oddly. <gasps> Oh, okay. So you've seen the other ones then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And the remake. The remake's actually not that bad Mm -hmm. with uh, Penn Badgley. And I forget the guy from Nip Talk plays the Jerry Blake character. I remember I was watching MTV News one day and Kurt Loder was talking about like the big indies of the year. And he mentioned Stepfather 3. I'm like, that's a weird movie for MTV News to be talking about. I'm like, why would they bring up First of all, I'd never even heard of Stepfather. I was like, Stepfather 3? I'm like, this is so weird. So I was like, okay, so that's that's Stepfather 3. And then I think my brother and I rented it, rented Stepfather 1. And we were like blown away. Like we Mm. watched it. We we rewound it and watched it again. Because we were like, this is one of the greatest movies ever. (laughs) Like horror movies ever. This movie's so good. Whoever Terry O'Quinn is, like, is the greatest actor of all time. Like. He's amazing in it. And it's just like a lean, mean, just horror movie. It's so good. And then we immediately watched the second one, which he's in. And then the third one, which he's not in, but the guy who plays the new stepfather in part three is, is great. And uh, we were just, we were just like hooked. And I would always like go wreck and revisit it. But it started with MTV News and Stepfather 3, which wow. is super random, super random. Totally random. Yeah, because I saw this when I was, oh, oh God, well, let's see. If we were living in Brandon, I was five. <laughs> so, mm. so my, I figured out that if I got up early enough and snuck downstairs and laid on the couch, I could watch whatever movie Cinemax played at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., Okay. And enough times that I could watch the movie and then my mom would find me on the couch at 7:30 and be like, "We got to go to school," you know. <laughs> so, it was a whole thing. It's where I saw Slaughter High, it's where I saw Sister Sister. Um there were a lot of movies that I, you know, really should not have been watching, but right. I do remember The Stepfather very clearly mm. because mm-hmm. no one <clears throat> who has seen this movie can forget the opening of this film. It's really dark. Very dark. 
It's and you know what I was movie. talking about when how I was talking about how that movie Megan opened on the on Camp Good Boy, and I was like, hey, it didn't have like a. I like horror movies with like a really strong opening. You got to really like be like where you're in for a ride, like mm-hmm. Halloween does, like Friday the Thirteenth does, like all the great ones do. And and like Megan, the opening to Megan, I was like, eh, it's just a little little light. This one is like. Oof. it goes for it goes for the jugular like literally <laughs> it really really does because you know it opens and terry o'quinn is is bearded which is really disturbing mm. but he's bearded mm. he's you know rocking some flannel he goes upstairs he's covered he is caked in blood we don't mm. know why necessarily right um and i like the fact that it, it opens on this beautiful home and the 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 weather outside is just chef's kiss it is just perfect like fall ish weather yeah and so it it looks very family it looks very like homey and comfortable right yeah and then uh you know and he's up there you know we get a little we get a little side peen we get a little we get a little dick oh yeah you do yeah you do little little terry and his o'quinn you know that's true and uh and then he gets out of the shower and immediately starts shaving his face. Yep. And uh, and then he puts, you know, throws his throws his glasses and his dirty ass bloody clothes into a suitcase. Just mm-hmm. boop, just flip. And then the the reel is just like him walking down the stairs, and you see all of these photos on the mm-hmm. wall of his entire family. You know, yep. of just like different children and his wife and his wife and child and whatever and then you see the bloody handprint yeah and you're yeah. like oh and then yeah whoa what's and then you hear the phone off the hook that's right yep and it gets more and more sinister the, the yes. deeper he goes down the steps and it does it absolutely yeah. does and then he goes into the living room and it is so brutal i mean <laughs> these kids really are bloody and they're they're face down you know the one little girl is holding on to her teddy bear which is really mm-hmm. disturbing yeah and terry o'quinn just fucking like grabs starts whistling case and starts whistling starts whistling yeah. camp town races and the movie yeah. has begun yeah no i can't think the only other really dark opening um was like the amityville horror where like kids are being murdered and you actually yes. see the kids getting shot in that in that opening yeah. when oh, the yeah. dad has just lost his mind and I mean, that's what's scary about both those movies. It's like, man, nobody's safe. I mean, especially if you're a family, but like these guys are killing children. children. <laughs> like yeah. Michael Myers isn't killing kids. Right. Jason's not killing kids. Exactly. I mean, he's killing like he's killing like, you know, teenagers. Like 17, 18 year olds, but like Ish. he's not yeah. like he's not killing five year olds. No. No. Terry or Terry, Jerry Blake is Jerry Blake is fucking uh is 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 tearing some stuff up. Yeah. So So it's a great, great opening. Very good. So you've got this great opening and then he's like on the ferry and just chucks his identity right mm-hmm. off that ferry. He's yep. like, nope, I am done being Henry Morrison. I am now Jerry Blake, American <laughs> Eagle Realty. Yeah, exactly. And great. I, I think that that's, it takes place in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. It takes place in Seattle, which is a great setting for a horror movie because it's a great serial killer city. Oh yeah, uh, yes, indeed. So many great serial killers. So many there. great serial killers have come yeah. out of Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is one of like the great, like, like this is a great Pacific Northwest movie. 
Absolutely. This double jeopardy. Cameron Crowe's singles are the one, oh, the three that come to mind. I love singles so much. <laughs> oh my God. So I, I just got my, um, my stats, you know, like when you get your stats for the the podcast and it tells you like what countries and, and all that. And I, for some reason, we're really big in Belgium, which really Ooh, just cool. means that somebody has a VPN and they change the country. Is that what Belgium. that? <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. Right. Yeah. Because we were like really excited, like, oh my God. But it totally made me think of singles. And it's like, That's... don't forget, he's like, we are we are loved in Belgium and the UK. <laughs> right, 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 right. Is that what Matt Dillon says? Yes. Yeah, right, right. Great setting. Absolutely. So so now Jerry Blake has been born. He yep. has uh wormed his way into another family. Mm-hmm. Um, a uh, a mother and daughter, Susan and Stephanie. Um, and Stephanie's played by uh, Jill Sholin, who is honestly my favorite final girl. I I mm. love her in this, but I also love her in Popcorn. Um, I I loved her in Cutting Class. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, she's in the Phantom of the Opera movie, which you know everyone makes mistakes. But... <laughs> and she's in uh she's in When a Stranger Calls Again. Back when a stranger calls back. Yeah. Yes, yes, she's in that one too. So and she she, she gets a great character intro in this. You, she's fighting someone. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great when you first meet her. Her and her mom are like having like a leaf fight, and they're like like playing with oh, leaves right. and being very like you know you're like right. oh and then. You know, oh Jerry's home, right? Jerry's- so he comes home. He's like, "Here's a puppy. I'm gonna go fuck your mom." Yeah, yeah. And there, and that's I remember that sex scene. Ugh. It's like cuts to them, and then it cuts to her with the headphones, and with it kind of comes back to them. I remember to- watching that as a teenager, being like, "Whoa, the sex scene. The sex scene is like there was just I don't know. It had a quality to it. There was something dark about it because you know he's dark." Oh. It's a dark scene. I mean, yeah, number kinda. one, that sex scene follows like, you know, him watching Mr. Ed in bed, which is just 18 different shades of creepy anyway. Oh and, my God, that's right. And then she comes over and she's like, you know, hey, like, let's go have sex. And you could tell he's just got like this like Dexter quality of, oh, I got to go fuck my wife. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this, you know? <laughs> like, if he, I must... Um... <laughs> But clearly, it's it, but clearly his uh, his sex game's good enough because Shelly Hack is just like freaking out. The, oh, she's my got God. the blind, but she's also got the blinders on completely. Oh yeah, I mean she's madly in love with him. Yeah, yep. and he is. He looks like he is just dead in the face when he is having sex with her. <laughs> yeah. It is so uncomfortable to yep. watch. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So okay, so that's when you introduce them when they're in the backyard. Yeah, when they're in the backyard. Okay. Oh, and, that's right. And then um and then you you learn that Stephanie sees a shrink. That's Dr. Bondurant. She goes yeah. and sees the shrink and the shrink's like, you know, talking to her and they're kind of talking back and forth and then Jerry picks her up in the car and says, you know, your mom and I really want you to try harder in school. And she's like, "Okay." And then they smash cut yeah, to right. her just beating the shit out of somebody that's in right. an art class. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Which is fantastic. She's great. I had such a crush on her. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, she's, she's beautiful. Oh yeah. Um, and and there was a, they they really leaned into like because bedrooms, especially like girls' bedrooms, were so eighties. 
Yes. And like they they nailed the whole like putting the headphones on because oh, yeah. she can, she doesn't want to she doesn't want to hear Jerry and her mom having sex. So the God, headphones no. on in bed is such a that's such an iconic like. 70s oh. and 80s move like oh man the best awesome like huge <laughs> huge fucking can headphones giant too. giant yeah not yeah. airpods no man she's she's she is she does not want to hear it and and now we're back at the house where everything took place and we meet steven shellen's character ogilvy or jim uh, yep, yep. Or, or or great value treat williams <laughs> i know for a fact he was in a movie called modern girls he was in a movie called Casual Sex with uh, Leah Thompson, and then oh, I think was, I've seen that. He was in a a titty flick from the eighties called Gimme an F. Um, which, I mean, <laughs> you know, good. yeah. <laughs> he's a can and he's a Canadian actor. It looks like. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, he's got that this, accent. <gasps> oh. Is this him? This is him, Jim Ogilvy. But uh, yeah, I thought he was on. I thought he was on like a big, big TV show. Maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, he, he, yeah, he's he's great. He was on Twenty One Jump Street. Like it, it oh, he definitely looks like he had like a like a two episode arc on Twenty One yeah, Jump Street. Right. Um, he's great, and and uh, yeah, he plays the brother of the previous woman that Jerry Blake murdered. Exactly. Correct? Yes. Yeah, right. Yes, he does. And is he, he plays... is he a cop? No. Or he's a, he's just he's just a vengeful so revenge. as a kid. I totally thought he was either a cop or a reporter because he yeah. does hang out with both cops and reporters. Right, right. <laughs> but no, he's just literally a dude who wants to hunt down the person who killed his sister, basically. And um, and so you, you know, know who you know who he reminds me of the hmm. guy in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Oh yes, the Jason very similar Hunter. characters. That yep, poor very bastard. similar characters. I know uh. both of them. Both of them had that awful Scatman Carruthers death. That's just Seriously. very upsetting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mom was like, oh, "Why?" And I was like, "I know I, it's, I, it hurts. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's not. No, it's not fair. It does not make any sense." Um, so he gets that reporter to go and run that story because he's like, "Look, yep. you know, somebody in this area knows where this guy is. You know, mm-hmm. and." So I, you know, just run the, run his picture. He says it in the, like, in that sentence, like he says, it's like, run his picture, run the, you know, run the article, do a follow-up story, whatever. And then maybe somebody will see it. And my favorite part of that scene is where Stephen Sheldon goes, well, I own the house now. You want to go inside? And the guy just takes like a drag off a cigarette. He's just, fuck no. <laughs> like no oh and it's it's go. inside the house where the, his, his sister was murdered correct yeah because yeah because right. yeah. she's yeah. dead so he inherits the house so it's his because yep. right. i always right. wondered as a kid i was like how is he able to just wander into a crime scene you know um <laughs> right. uh, you get that little like little character tweak of like oh he owns the place now he can totally roam about the grounds like i didn't even think about that and he's got a great car Oh yeah, the '66 Barracuda. <laughs> yeah, he's got a great car. He's got a great car, uh, which oddly enough does not break down the entire film. Yeah, it looks so old and like so shitty, but like he's just nope. he's whipping through Seattle. <laughs> oh man, oh yeah, there are scenes where he's just 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 flooring it through Seattle. It's Seriously. crazy. Uh, so meanwhile, Jerry decides to throw a barbecue uh, for the first five families that he ever sold houses to. 
Mm-hmm. And this is where we really see Terry O'Quinn's acting ability uh, because he has this, you know, he gives his speech about how, you know, you're the first five families and I sell the American dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then that article has come out in the local paper and, but they didn't run his picture. Thank God for yeah. Jerry. And so um, they're talking about, you know, Oh man, this, this guy, you know, cut his family up with knives and, and they're saying, I wonder what does it take to, to, to make a guy do that? And he just like, without even like blinking, just goes, maybe they disappointed him. Oh yeah. Yep. And you're like, Oh, and, and, and at that moment, he even looks at Stephanie, like you. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, and then he proceeds to turn the paper into a hat. That he, he turns puts it on into a hat. Yeah. What's the kid's name? Um, uh, like, it's like oh, Buster Billy. or something. Or like Billy. Yeah. He's like, come here, Billy. <laughs> He's like, now you're Blackbeard the pirate. And he sends him yeah, away. That's right. right? And then, uh, and so then he goes down to the basement or actually first Stephanie goes down to the basement to get ice cream. She yep. goes down to the deep freeze. She gets the ice cream out and she's kind of like hiding in the shadows, just sort of doing her own thing. And then all of a sudden, here he comes, Jerry comes down the stairs and, and just reenacts like Sybil. Like he is, just, he's got, he's several personalities. He's, he's yelling, he's throwing things. He's pointing at people that are not there. Oh, he's he's it's a total freak out. It could be a meme. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. His freak out yeah. could totally be a meme. Freak out could totally be a meme. And then uh he notices that Stephanie has been standing there and she's just frozen. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know how it is. With this job, I've got to put on a happy face. And sometimes I just need to come down here and blow off some steam. Yeah, no, it's more than blowing off steam is like you got to just like maybe scream or like scream into a pillow or like, right. you know, maybe maybe like go to like the driving range, go to the go to the gym or something. Yeah, not 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 what he's doing, not <laughs> having converse, not having like conversations with people that aren't there and like really just like sinister, like the way he just hits the oh my his God. shot. I love, I love his shop down there. Oh, like I his know. Wood shop. His murder yeah, shop. <laughs> Yeah. So no, it's like that's not steam blowing off. That's like it's that's a psycho. That's, that's what a murderer does. That's what a murderer, a murderer does. Yeah, exactly. And no, she as if she didn't see it already, that's that she sees it now. Right. It's she's, like this guy's this guy's horrible news. She's like, okay. So then she goes outside, she's cleaning up, she finds the the paper hat that Jerry made for the kid, realizes what the article was they were looking at, and gets an idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. So she decides she's going to write to the paper and ask them to send her a picture of what Henry Morrison, i.e. Jerry Blake or Terry O'Quinn, looks like. And uh, so she can, you know, confirm it. She tells them she's writing a school paper on mass murders. So Mm. she waits for that to show up. And uh, and meanwhile, Jerry just gets increasingly more creepy and weird, um, up to including not wanting to talk to the therapist that Stephanie sees on the That's phone. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not into it. And by the way, Dr. Bondurant is a great name. Oh, great name. Great it's name. It's a great last name. He And he's a really cool dude. He's like very soft-spoken. And he's <clears throat> very much an advocate of this teenager, you know. Um, oh, big time. And wants her to be safe and, and wants to listen to her. But he's also kind of funny you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe inappropriately for a, a, a mental health professional, but 
Yeah, you always wonder, like, if did did Jerry Blake kind of do like, yeah, where like where was if they had kept seeing each other, like, would it eventually mm-hmm. have gotten like maybe Weird. inappropriate? Yeah, you never know. I know. exactly. Because like, you never know. The eighties were really a time of just child molestation TV movies and, and kidnapping TV movies. Yeah, right, right, right. So it's like if it wasn't, you never, like, you never know. No, it wasn't like, you know, oh, I know my first name is Steven. Like, how many of us were traumatized by that growing up? Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> still, still haunts but he, me. They, but because sh- she's really wounded and that's like, he's like her only friend. Yeah. And, you know, he he's, they have a really strong connection and, oof, yeah, you, you never know if it's like, the, if let's say a few, let's say his her, her mom didn't meet Jerry Blake and she just kept seeing Dr. Bondurant, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jerry Blake kind of he, he he kind of stepped in and saved. Well, I mean, what's worse if she had gone that route or if she had gone the route that she takes? I mean, I, I mean, if she I had guess, gone that yeah. route, she could have been. Uh, you never know. It's it's tricky. Could <laughs> it's, it could have turned into like a an Amy Fisher situation? You know, because yeah, we find out through the fact that Dr. Bondurant decides he is going to basically trick jerry into meeting him by telling him Mm. that he wants to buy a house under the guise of being some guy named ray who is a confirmed bachelor when in Mm -hmm. fact dr bonderant is very well is very much married and has a child so he um so he goes to the house to you know to asking him questions but he basically just asks one too many questions yeah exactly and then he slips and says my wife oh my my yeah, wife gets yep. on me all the time and then you're like yeah. uh you know and the music goes ding <laughs> yeah it's like well also like who does he think he is pulling one over on jerry blake this guy no. who knows who knows how many families he's killed he's not caught yet like you're not like you might be a good mm-hmm. shrink and you, you might be able to know like maybe some mind some mind game but not with jerry blake no this, totally. that guy's two steps ahead of everybody <laughs> and the cop who um who steven shellen goes and like meets with basically says to him he goes henry morrison's probably not even his real name he's mm-hmm. probably done it before there's probably yeah. a family before this family and before that family this is a thing that he does and yeah. you know and he asks him he's like well, what would you do if you were me and he's like <laughs> buy a gun and blow the son of a bitch away yeah yeah seriously so then, so then we get to see Stephen Shellen at the at the range, basically. Um, and yeah, he, that's right. Yep. He never changes his clothes. Do you notice? No, that? he's got I, like a it's like a white sweater. Yeah. Yeah, and and the and the army jacket, the the whatever yep. the the fatigue jacket no. that he wears. That's it. <laughs> they should have had a they should have had a beat where they were just like. And by the way, while you're looking for Jerry Blake, like take a shower. Because <laughs> he probably he looked like he smelled awful. Right. And he's, he's in this old stinky Bruh. car. <laughs> but you know what? Think think about it like this. Like what had just happened to his family? He probably hasn't slept. Right. And like he's probably not even thinking about that. Right. And so it's important to point out in the very, very beginning when he's talking to the reporter, because the reporter is like, you know, they're talking about how they know each other. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I really loved your article. He goes, I was bumming around Europe for a year. It took me eight months to get it. So mm. now you figure out like, okay, he literally just, cause remember it's been a year since the deaths. 
True. Yep. So that means it's pretty recent that he found out about all this. And That's true. pretty That's recent true. that he found out that he now owns the house that all mm-hmm. of the, the 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 house that murder built, you know. So um so so Dr. Bondurant asks too many questions and and Jerry yep. loses his shit and grabs a two by four. Yeah. And, and just hacksaw Jim Duggins, this guy. Bludgeons right him. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, I mean, oh God. And it is the death scenes in this movie. I will say this. The death scenes in this movie are brutal. Yeah. Yeah. The, a two by four. That's a good death. And then he wraps him in that paper. Oh, that paper. Yeah. And then he and sets then him on him fire. <laughs> yeah. Which is another savvy, like, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm sure that that was probably in like a seventies movie, but the, uh, yeah, the the putting somebody who's dead, putting like the two by four on the gas between the mm-hmm. gas and like the seat, seat, and then putting it in putting it in park and letting that thing go off the, the yeah. cliff. It's 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 brutal. You know, and then putting the putting the paper in the gas in the yep. gas uh, tank and then lighting, lighting on a fire. Yeah, that's not this isn't his first rodeo. Nope, that's not his first <laughs> he knows rodeo. What he's do- he knows what he's doing. So meanwhile, the um the. The, the newspaper, the whatever Seattle Examiner, has sent Stephanie that photo, but Jerry has intercepted the mail. Yep. And sees a picture of himself as Henry Morrison and is just like, oh, Go, goes down to his workshop and starts beating the shit out of, of the picture that he has of, of not only of That's him, right. but he also this he has like this little Polaroid photo of of him stephanie and susan and just starts like yeah and but then when but like isn't there a moment when he sees it where he's just like oh Uh oh." yeah and then he spazzes yeah right 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 (sighs) he's so insane yep he's like he's like you're a good girl you're a good girl (laughs) oh yeah that's what it is yeah horrifying and the oh i forget the look on his face when he gets when he sees the picture in the mail uh, he puts it behind his back because Stephanie's about to catch him, right? Yeah, Stephanie's about to catch him, and he tells her he's like, "Well, something for you came for you in the mail, right. but I'm not sure you should have it." And she yep. kind of looks at him, and then he like, and then he retrieves the biggest cosmopolitan I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like that must have been That's a Christmas a- catalog level of of cosmopolitan. <laughs> like it's a special edition of cosmopolitan because he hands it to her, and it's like koosh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then, uh, so then he goes to, and I didn't even know you could do this. He goes to like a photo, like a, one of the, like a Bryn Allen, like he goes to like a Bryn Allen photo studio and purchases basically a photo of an out of work porn star. Yeah. But that's why it like, it works so well because if it had just been a regular picture of like just a normal looking guy. I nope. think maybe Stephanie would have been like, no, like th- this is not right. But like the picture of the guy he finds. Oh is my like, God. Oh yeah. That guy definitely murdered somebody. And it's like, yeah. It's or, like, or he's a pedophile. It is. It's like, it's like Harry Reams on speed. Okay. He <laughs> yeah. has this giant, like Tom Selleck mustache. Yeah. And you know, he looks at her. It's Oh fuck. What is that? That guy clearly it's, murdered someone, you know, for sure. And he's so damn savvy. I mean, he's really, really good. And um he's, he's so oh my good. god. So Dr. Bondurant is dead and she yeah. and he uh comforts Stephanie and yep. tells her, you know, Dr. Bondurant had an accident. Mm-hmm. And uh 
And in some very strange way, he brought us together. That's the thing. Oh. It, that's kind of like that's kind of like the midpoint of the movie because doesn't Stephanie kind of finally come around to him a little bit? Yes. So Stephanie's yeah, right. coming around to him. She's she's deciding like he's you know hacking up all kinds of wood in uh, to make a birdhouse, a like a really tall birdhouse, by the way. Like super, yes, very very tall, <laughs> very tall birdhouse. And <laughs> when they're erecting the birdhouse, you know, Stephanie says, you know, I know I've been a lot of trouble, but I'm really sorry and. You know, and and he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm sorry too. And they have this moment, right? Uh-huh. And then uh, it's Thanksgiving it's, dinner. No, it's like it's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic midpoint scene. Everything's yeah. good. It's the calm before good. the storm, dude. Everything's good. They decide they're gonna have Thanksgiving dinner. They're you know they're they're going back and forth, and everything seems to be going very well. That is until <laughs> Stephanie develops hormones. <laughs> <laughs> oh yep yep and, she, and her friend her buddy at high school right so stephanie has a buddy named paul and mm-hmm. uh paul is as harmless as he could possibly be you know as a 16, oh, yeah. He's... 16 year old boy right and paul rides a moped for christ's sake so paul yeah oh a great moped remember too. that great moped and he <laughs> and he picks her up on it and she has the best line which is only if i can drive <laughs> and it's like yes girl get it you know (laughs) so she drives the moped and they get back to they get back to the house and he walks her to the door and then gives Mm -hmm. her like the most chaste kiss (laughs) and at that exact moment jerry comes tearing ass out and it's just like you know you could go to jail yeah he was practically molesting our dog right he's like she's only 16 and he's like so am i like that poor kid man oh my god he's like he's practically raping our daughter on the front steps yeah his freak out there is is legendary and now and now we're back into like wait no this guy is bad news is bad he just he he just fucked himself again a very just can't keep it together bad fucking person right so uh oh shelly hack goes off and like slaps um stephanie across the face yeah because she makes right. a she makes a comment about like you know how can you bear to let him touch you and you just whap you know she so stephanie runs off into the night and then what's amazing about this scene is that shelly hacks like you know all of the all of the you know the progress we've made with stephanie is just thrown away mm-hmm. by you and he yeah oh and his oh ha- right he had his his re his reaction to that is like it's a meme. That's another meme. It's this a meme. movie is very memeable. He has this moment where he turns his head, and you can see the exact moment that he decides this family will not do. I need a new yep. family. Yeah, no, it's true. It like you've seen him. You, I mean, you see him right in the beginning of the movie. You see this. You see what he is and what he did. And then there's there's other moments where he he freaks out in the basement but that yeah that look on his face when she says that is just like it it is i again like it's he's such a good hector it's just it's like phenomenal acting it really really is this is it's the look of just a psychopath like Mm -hmm. it's it's terrifying it's so damn good was this (laughs) the first exposure that you had to terry o'quinn yeah i had no idea who he was yeah 
same. This no is exactly clue. the this this is exactly my intro to Terry O'Quinn was this, and then he showed up in like literally so many. He's in old school for God's sakes. Like he's in yep. uh, he's in a lot of different things that you wouldn't normally think he would be in. But he's he's also in the Cutting Edge. Oh, uh, that that ice skating movie from the nineties yes. is in that. Yeah, and he's in and then he's in Lost, and he's I was watching Lost. Lost the first time. I'm like, holy fuck, it's Jerry Blake. It's Jerry Blake. And he's and he's kind of like Jerry Blake in everything. <laughs> like he, I'm, I'm like even in Lost, I'm like, wow, what is what is what is his? Because uh, Lost does the flashback right. to their previous life. I'm always just like, well, I feel like you could flash back to him as Jerry Blake, and then he went to the island and he right. he got to restart again. But no, he's so he's like he carries Jerry Blake in everything he's in. Mm. Like he, he, there's something just off about him, and even in Lost, it's like there's definitely something off about him in Lost. Oh like he's God. he's a, he's a, the guy's a total like he's and he's so good in lost but like there's something there's something off and everybody knows it yeah yeah he's a <laughs> he's a really he's a really really brilliant character actor i just mm. recently watched very um, good wonderland you know with uh, val John kilmer. Holmes. Right. yeah with val kilmer and um uh the guy from silence of the lambs uh, uh ted ted levine ted or? levine is in that and it's so funny because he's like the only way you recognize ted levine post silence of the lambs is by listening to his voice mm-hmm. right and and he even said he made like every effort to change his appearance his body his everything to distance himself from that just just so he wouldn't be like pigeonholed into playing that role <laughs> right. Right? yeah seriously <laughs> So yeah, I I put I put Ted Levine and and uh, and Terry O'Quinn and all those and you know MC Ganey and all those guys mm. in like the you know the the character actor excellent you know but the character actor Hall of Fame absolutely oh well, absolutely. Ted Ted Levine is also the voice of uh, Rusty Nail in Joyride. Oh, that's right. Yes, he's you're... the voice. He doesn't he doesn't play him, but he's nope. the voice on the but... CB radio. Oh God. That was a good movie. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, so Joyride's much. great. Joyride is very close to The Hitcher. Yeah, very you know, close. Right? Very, very close. So good. So uh, good. But it's it's like it's so Joyride and that movie Breakdown are two of like my favorite thrillers of all time, and because they just remind me of like driving. I love driving through like you know Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, like California before you get to LA. Mm-hmm. I just love driving through that like desert. It's very creepy, but also very beautiful. And Joyride and and Breakdown both they're both filmed in the in the in the western part of the U.S. and wow. I don't know those yeah. I love those two movies those I love are them really, so much those are really amazing films and um yeah so so getting getting back to the to the stepfather mm-hmm. uh, world um so Jerry has decided he is going to become someone completely new yep. and uh. So he takes the ferry because that's apparently how everyone gets around. He takes the ferry <laughs> to another town somewhere uh, in in the Washington State area, and um, and 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 okay, and I'll tell you right now, the most shocking moment in this movie, besides the opening, is when you when it was revealed that he was wearing a hairpiece <laughs> the whole time. Oh yeah, yep. That's true. Like when he and it's goes, a, it's a damn good hairpiece. And he's like peeling it off of his. I mean, he's like peeling it off of his scalp, and you're like, "What? 
hats. Yeah, and the, like the fake mustache the that fake he puts mustache. on. He puts the glue on and he like puts the mustache on and and uh, then, by the uh, way, like and, and he changes in a fairy bathroom. Yes, he does. <laughs> It's that's like really nobody's like banging on the door being like, hey, right. buddy, you almost Bro. got in there. Like, that's a, like, it's one thing to like maybe go into a fairy bathroom because you spilled like mustard on your shirt. And you're like cleaning right. it off. He literally goes in there and changes his, his entire identity. identity. <laughs> <laughs> like suit, hairpiece, mustache, glasses. Everything. It's like, what a pro, what a pro. Amazing. Like he's got it down. He's got, it's a science, man. He's got it and, down. Like, wasn't, wasn't there anybody on the ferry that was like waiting for the bathroom to be like, right. Where you weren't you didn't look like that when you what? went in there like what, that guy? what's in this what's in this bathroom? Who's that guy? Is there like a trap door in there we don't know about? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh um, it's a smooth, smooth transition. It is. And then he gets a he gets a job as a life insurance uh salesman, yep. uh, and then becomes Bill Hodgkins, uh seller of life insurance, slayer of pussy. Such a slayer. Because he goes right in. He goes yeah, he right finds that woman, that poor woman who's raking leaves. Yep, and she's just like hook, line, and sinker. Oh yeah, she's like, oh, hi. <laughs> this creepy bald dude, I right. can't resist him. It's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> he just—it's like... so funny how that these women just cannot resist him because eh? he's—I don't know—he's just got a—he's got a genesee qua. I—I <laughs> I guess, got, yeah, he's, he's got it. <laughs> And so then we are treated to one of the scariest and also one of just, just, just one of those like palpable tension type scenes where, uh, oh, at this point, his wife, Susan has called his office and the office mm. let him know, let him know he hasn't worked here in weeks. Yeah. But that's terrifying. And so he comes home and he's like, you know, and she's she's like, I called your office, and they said that you don't work there anymore. And he's like, That's crazy. He's yeah, like, that I, new woman. That new woman. <laughs> I've never gotten anybody fired before, but you know. And then she's Which, like, let's be real. Like, even when you're new to a job, you never make that mistake. <laughs> right. it's like, like, it's like, no, you know who works here. Who works or there? even if even if you were new, you'd be like, Who's the who's Jerry Blake? Oh, that guy. Okay, I don't know everybody's name right. yet, but it's like. That when he blames it on that new woman, it's yeah. like, oh man, it, no, you're busted, dude. It's not like he works in a call center. <laughs> yeah, you know seriously. what I mean? It's a I mean, we've seen this office because you see yeah. him leave the office with his, you know, tiny little box of stuff. And mm. it is a very small mom and pop operation. Yeah, it's not like a trading floor. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tiny. She That's would know right. that there's a Jerry Blake. You know there's a Jerry Blake there. <laughs> So his so his wife says, you know, well maybe maybe we got the name wrong. And Jerry goes, Hodgkins. And she yeah. goes, What? And then and he, he gets the face again. And then he gets the face and he goes, Wait, he goes, Who am I here? Uh, and, and and she's so like, Jerry? And he goes, <laughs> Yes, Jerry. Thank you, honey. And then beats her right. face in with a phone mm -hmm. yep i mean that is a whoa is that right which we you don't we don't see enough of that the phone the phone beating <laughs> phone beating we don't see enough yeah. phone beating we don't we got to bring those back we we really should bring that back so <laughs> so not only does he beat her with the phone but uh then he chases her down the down the stairs of the murder basement 
yep. and she she does like a little side like where she she falls through the stairs and falls down to the bottom of the stairs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um oh and then and then meanwhile unfortunately Jill Sholin has to take a shower. Um <laughs> which they interviewed her about this and she was like, "Yeah." She goes, "I thought it was stupid and unnecessary." Yeah, and- it's a little contrived. It is. And it's also because you're kind of like, you have to remember she's supposed to be 16. Yeah. So, you know, when you're thinking about it, I mean, granted, Jill Sholin at the time, 22. So, you know, she was a grown woman. You know, mm-hmm. it was not. But do you see her? Do you see her? Oh, breasts? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you yeah. do. That's right. That's it right. is boobs and butt. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so... Oh, and there's also a little scene with the dog. That you're like, oh, don't kill the dog. <gasps> oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Uh, speaking of tension, right? Like, this movie needs an- an- another tension scene. But yeah, there's a part where um, the dog is like cowering in a corner and it's just like, Mur! And he's like, come here, come here. He's Ray. got the he's got the knife in his hand. He's got yeah. the knife like, in oh. one hand. And you're like, oh God, please don't do this. Please don't fucking do this. You know. Now, um, just to just to piggyback off of what you guys were talking about in today's show, if this had been a European movie, that dog would have been it. Like that would have been Yeah, done. probably. Yeah, yeah, it would have been all she wrote for that dog. Yeah. Would have been fucking slice that dog up. That's it. That's all she wrote for that dog. Absolutely. So thank God it's an American film. So so the dog comes to him and he's like playing with the dog and the dog's like licking his face or whatever. And yeah, it's such a weird moment because you're like, was he gonna kill the dog? Yeah, because then she comes home. Right. He may. He may. You know what? He probably would have actually. I think so. Yeah. yeah I think it's I like a... and then she came home. Yeah, I think it's like he wanted to kill every aspect of that family mm-hmm. you know because yeah, like, sure. to destroy it because it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore and that that goes back to a line that he says before he you know slays some pussy uh where he's talking to the wife and the wife says you know our past is important our, our past makes us who we are and he says the past is a dream Ooh. it means nothing and it's like <laughs> Hey! Now yeah, lay down, not, that, woman. That's not romantic. I know, right? That's and not then, good pillow talk. And then she's like, "We should have sex." Hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so, so poor, goddamn, poor Stephanie has to get out of the shower. Thank God, and then she puts clothes on. Also, thank God, and mm-hmm. uh, and walks out to see him with just holding a knife and yep. beckoning for her to come to him. Yeah, yep. she's just like, "Fuck that." She goes and hides in the bathroom and he beats that door down so much that the glass shatters. She's able yep. to pick up a piece of that shattered glass, stab him in the shoulder. That's <clears throat> yep. Stab him in the shoulder. So he's a little, little incapacitated. Um, and then she like, oh, so when she, see, this is so weird. Cause I don't, I've never lived in a house like this before, but where she climbs into the, um, the 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 towel cupboard or whatever and then somehow manages to get up into the attic from from there oh yeah 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 you're right you're right you're right which i've never seen before because i attics usually had their own entrance you know at least when i was growing up it was always like you knew it was like oh that magic door on the ceiling is yeah on the ceiling yeah yeah or you pulled it down you know so you had the you know 
But no, she crawls. <laughs> Yeah, she crawls in that closet. That's right true. Right through the closet. Right. She goes right through the closet, goes up there. He somehow manages to slither up there also. Of course she's, he does. <laughs> she's a teenage girl, like so to speak. Like she could probably, you know, maneuver that, but a grown ass man trying to get up in that tiny little crawl space, so to speak, gets up there. You know, there's a lot of throwing, there's a lot of, you know, stabbing at the air and all that good stuff. And then he goes crashing down through the, uh, angel hair into the bathroom and you mm-hmm. know we know he's not dead you know yeah oh of course and uh and you then know, he's got a great moment when he's bat when he's banging on the bathroom door that we, we always picked up on when we watched it uh back in the day is that he's like banging on it banging on it, he's yelling your name and then he has a moment where he's just like he like mumbles something he's like Oh, there she goes again. Hey, this fucking open the fucking yes, door. Like, and I'm yes. always like, what does he mumble there? It's really, I think it's just one of his just like, right. who knows what he's saying. Or it's like when he's in the basement talking to people that aren't there. He just has this like mumble with him, with himself for like three seconds. And yeah. I, I can never understand what he's saying. It's a quick thing. And then he just goes and banging. And that was just another, I, I always would rewind that scene to be like, man, what the hell is he saying there? Yeah, it's so true. great. His spazzing out is just not, is just legendary. It is legendary. It absolutely <laughs> is. You know, so, so yeah, we, he fall. Yeah, he falls on the floor. He falls through the floor, and then oh no, we've 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 forgotten the most most useless scene <laughs> in the world. I mean, the, or the most useless character at this point, because unfortunately, he. I feel really bad for Jim because Jim, Jim Ogilvy, yeah, Jim has all. Jim has this major like character situation where. He has gone and found all of the marriage certificates and he has gone door to door to figure out who the marriage certificates belong to because this mm-hmm. is before the internet uh, and manages to sweet talk a receptionist in the, in the process. Oh yeah. Which is funny because there's a TV <laughs> version of this movie and in the TV version, he sleeps with her. Really? There's a TV version where she is they're they're sta- they're sitting by like a fire and her 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 shirt is like half open like this and they're like they've got like the you know the glass of wine you know like like pretty much every 80s love scene i don't know what wow, they cut I... out maybe they maybe they, it was from cutting out the shower scene maybe but that's such a good i mean that scene definitely should have been on the cutting room floor because you're just like wait dude do you really care about finding Jerry Blake, you're just trying to get your dick wet. I know, I know. It was like, wow, damn, okay, all right, all right, Ogilvy. I see. I get, we see where your priorities lie. Jeez, bro, you're like hot on the trail, but you, you, you got to go get laid. I, wow, that's a, that's good. That's crazy that that's in the TV version. But yeah, if they need to cut something, I guess that shower scene. If they thought that was too risque for, but the, oh man, that's like that's good that the that the theatrical version cut that out because it's that's just so strange. But I was just thinking, maybe he had sex with her so he could go get a shower. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know? Yeah, with that, seriously. Because <laughs> he's just, like, <laughs> roaming around in his car. You never see him at, like, a hotel room with a bunch of files spread out in front of him, you know? Never. He's just, like, he's just like always in the car, sleeping yeah, in the he car. Probably, yeah, for sure sleeping in the car. Nasty. So, so, anyway, Jim has figured out that Jerry Blake is henry morrison and he lives at that house he shows up at the house this is so sad mm-hmm. he shows up yeah. at the house and his gun gets caught 
in his jacket. Yeah, that's right. He should have had that thing out. Right. We were saying that's exactly what my mother said because my mother's a sh- my mother's a. a, a but you know what? He's not a cop, so he does. He just he like if a cop would have the gun out. Right. Jim, Absolutely. Jim, he just he dropped Jim, the ball. He was too busy thinking about that receptionist. Jim he should, just, if he should call her later. Right. Jim walks into the house. Jerry is hiding behind the door, and yep. turns around, sees Jerry, says, "You've got blood on your face." Oh, and what's great about that is that Jerry goes, Jim. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, Jim. Jim Ogilvy. Be like, yeah, yeah, got blood. Like in your my face. old golfing buddy. Hi, you know. I mean, he immediately. It's amazing how he just turns this on and off. You know. Uh, yeah, I know. So good. And then he looks at him, and and he's trying to get the gun out of his jacket. And at that exact moment, Jerry just bear hugs him and stabs him. Just, just stabs him repeatedly until and he just, just he dies. keeps like twisting it, mm-hmm. and then he like, keeps like he doesn't like take it out and, and stab. No. He's just like he's continuing to kind of jig it, move it around. He and, knows what he's uh, doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. They totally it's, knows what it's he's so doing. It's so sad, but like yeah, it's like in part. It's like in Jason Four where he oh. kills the Jason under the basement. And the guy's like, he's killing me. He's killing me. <laughs> he's killing me. One of the best deaths, honestly, in all of the Friday the 13th canon is is absolutely is <laughs> that poor bastard who who could have no, gotten you, laid because... You feel, yeah. With, uh, with, the, with the blonde, with the blonde. movie, who I, who I think is beautiful. Oh, yeah. She was a soap opera actress. She looks like it. Yeah, Kimberly something. But yeah, at the, uh, I mean, he, she was all about him. She was just like, oh my God, oh, yeah. you're so fascinating with all of your clippings and stuff. And Jason kills him with like a garden tool. Like, yes. a, it's just repeatedly. Like a, I, I love that movie so much. I love mm. part four so much. Oh, I love it four. Is, oh, it's so good. Four is a masterpiece because it's got, <laughs> I mean, we've got Crispin Glover's in it. Yep. I mean, it's it's just crazy and it's got, you know, an ample amount of nudity. There's twins. I mean, it And there's actually a set like that girl has a crush on that one guy and they sleep and they they have sex in the shower and like you oh. you they're like falling in love kind of. I know. And you're it's, like, "Oh man, Jason's about to just Too bad. So it, it's 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 that thing where it's always like, "Oh, the the teenagers are are getting drunk and having sex." But those, and it's, it, you never like feel like there's love there. With those two, it's like you see two people that definitely have feelings for each other. Yeah. Having sex and, and then like you, you feel like, oh, these two are going to make a great couple. And then Jason's like, not on my watch. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> why I like four is because the characters yeah. are very well developed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, five is just a sleaze fest. Not yeah, that five I don't, sucks. not that I, not, not that I have no, a problem with five. I mean, five is right. five, right? But five is, five was directed by a porno director and it shows. <laughs> it really shows, yeah. Oh, God. And it is very grimy and sleazy. And it's just, yeah, there are just moments in five where I'm just like, oh, God. Okay, I know. It's, yeah, it's, that's the one they always play at the New Beverly. They play it all the time. Five? I'm like, Yo, get- I'm like, give me three, give me like six. <laughs> they they play five all the time. I'm I'm like, what? they got just they they love five over there. I love six. Oh, six, oh, six is, is so six good. is fantastic. Oh six, my seven, God. eight are both so strong. Yeah. Six six is just. I mean, that's my favorite. Tommy Jarvis is is yeah, Tom Matthews. I love that. Yeah. yeah, he's great, and he was great. And same actor from uh, both uh, Return of Return the Return of Living Dead. Dead. 
Yep. He's in both of them, which is hilarious. Yep. And uh But uh so yeah, so Ogilvy gets gets it. Ogilvy gets yeah, it and so then sad. uh and then Jerry rises up after being, you know, stabbed in different ways uh and uh and then and then mom rises up and shoots Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so shoots him and then she runs out of bullets. So that's okay mm-hmm. because Stephanie grabs the butcher knife <coughs> and stabs him in the heart. And you yep. think this is the end for Jerry Blake, you know? Um, nope. In this movie, yes. He, <laughs> yeah. he, goes, he goes tumbling down the stairs, and that's it. End of movie. Um, but in the sequel, and I mm-hmm. remember this only tiny, tiny little bits of the sequel, um, but I do remember in the sequel when he takes his clothes off for the first time to have sex with Meg Foster, he's got... Mm-hmm like oh yeah the stitches yep of all of the you know from from, from all of the from the bullet holes and the <laughs> and it you know it makes sense that he that he's like it's not like in um it's not like in uh i don't know some of these horror movies where the monster is just like decimated right like right. like he was shot and he was stabbed but it's it's right. not so unrealistic that he he survived it Right. It could just be it's, that it's he's... not like he was stabbed like 30 times and his no. throat was cut. Right. Like he was stabbed and then like, yeah, shot. It's like so it, it's it's not such a stretch that he survives it. Yeah. And then he goes mm-hmm. on to to do. Oh, and then in the second one, he becomes a therapist. That's just, right. Yeah, just that's randomly right. becomes a therapist, is able to become like a <laughs> right. and start and start a therapy group for women that um that have husbands or husband problems. Yeah. yeah. And the and the mom and the woman in that is kind of like an off-brand like Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Yeah. I'm like I'm like you're like they couldn't get Kirstie Alley so right. they got this woman. Like, oh, it's Meg Foster. <laughs> okay. Good enough. We got well, And then and Jonathan Jonathan Brandis is in it. Yes, Jonathan Brandis. Rest in oh, peace. The late, the late great Jonathan Brandis. The and late. it takes place in in it's uh he moves down to California. Okay. It's in like outside of LA, I think ah okay okay and he his the way he escapes the mental hospital is real it's real savvy no but but yeah that's yeah. the beauty of jerry blake and all the all his characters is that like he's got the skill to be a therapist a real estate agent <laughs> life insurance who knows what who knows what, what he did when who he knows what he was doing right when he was when he was henry morrison we don't know he this he's he's yeah he's like the best He's like probably the most savviest killer in in any movie. With it's amazing. like, because like Michael Myers and Jason, like they're just they're just are they savvy? I mean, yeah, I guess they are because they can just kind of like you can be like running and they're walking and they still catch you. Yeah, they're more like, like killing the way machines. He man- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but the way Blake maneuvers is just second to none in my opinion. So I didn't see three. But you said now three is not Terry O'Quinn because I guess he was it's probably not like, I'm not coming back for that. It's um, it, it, he's the the guy is still good, but he's he doesn't have what O'Quinn has. Uh, Stepfather three, the one that MTV News was all all, all <laughs> gung ho about. Um, it is uh Robert. No, that's not Robert Reitman. Robert, Reitman. do you know that actor? I don't. Let's see if I can find it. It's this guy. I mean, he, he's he's creepy. He's good, but like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's. But creepy. he's just kind of like a weird dude. O'Quinn's got that like just sinister energy and just sinister yeah. look, and 
Um, Stepfather 3 does have a great closing line, though. They kill him, and the son just looks back, and he's just like, Happy Father's Day. Nice. Oh. <laughs> Take a bow, sir. Take a bow. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, maybe that's why MTV News liked it so much. They're just like, man, that ending, great line. Great closing like, line. Promoting it like they would promote Brothers McMullen or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so random. So <laughs> random. Now, going into the behind the scenes of this film, do you know this the person that this is based off of? No. Okay. That's terrifying to think that this is based off somebody. Though. It is. So in New Jersey, there was a man named John List, and he um was John super, List. super religious. And okay. his family had was not living up to his religious Ooh. expectations. Okay. So he murdered them. Uh, <laughs> and then prior to murdering them, he would pretend to go to work. And meanwhile, he was setting up his new life. Got it. And he ended up moving to, I want to say it was Colorado, but I'm not sure. But I know that he moved from Jersey to someplace else and evaded capture for like 15 or 20 years. Okay. Until America's Most Wanted. a long time to evade capture. So America's Most Wanted, shout out John Walsh. Um, Yeah did one of those like re not reenactment but what they did was they had like a police sketch artist mold a bust of what he would look like today and okay. someone saw it on america's most wanted and said that looks like my neighbor oh fuck and that's how he got caught can you imagine if you were watching a show and you saw that and you saw oh. like oh my god i just mowed that guy's lawn Right. That's I mean he gave us brownies. Like, right. That'd be uh, my I oh my god, that freaked me out so much. Well, Florida is super rife with serial killers. Like that's just a thing oh, yeah. that we, we have. Yeah. But um there was a, a horrible case where this man um named Oba Chandler, they just executed him like five years ago, might have been ten. And he um <laughs> he preyed upon this woman and her two teenage daughters who came in from Ohio. They were visiting Florida for the first time. And they were like, you know, we're going to go to Disney and we're going to go, you know, all those places and found them at like a convenience store, which is by the way, right down the street from my house. Mm, found them at this convenience store and was like, would you guys like to go on a sunset cruise? And Ooh. and the woman was like, sure, you know, like they're from oh, Ohio, God damn they it. don't know yeah. any better, right? Yeah, right. And uh, and he wrote his information on like a map, and they had the map and left it in their car, so they had his handwriting, right? Oh, okay. And he took them out on the boat, and you know, we don't really, no one really knows what happened. They assumed mm-hmm. that they were sexually assaulted because they were found in various stages of undress, but he basically threw them into the water tied with cinder blocks and they drowned. Oh, oh. Um, so they were like alive. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's, Just that's tough. Fucking horrible. So, but they caught him because somebody <laughs> saw a billboard that someone had, that they had posted that said, do you recognize this handwriting? And someone okay. was like, that's the guy who did our roof. I have that handwriting. I know what that handwriting looks like. And they're like, that's wow. Oba Chandler. 
shout out for remembering someone's handwriting right i know i was like wow that must be some pretty fucked I, up weird I handwriting would, yeah well i mean because i like anytime i get a receipt for something I, I i i keep it for maybe like a day or two and then i throw it away because I'm, I'm like all right i don't need this but mm-hmm. wow that's that's a very observation that's just a very observational person right like, exactly wow. so so yes i There's, mean that not all heroes wear capes right <laughs> Some remember handwriting of someone who fixed their roof. True story. Um, so this movie was directed by Joseph Rubin, who also okay. did Sleeping with the Enemy Ooh. and Dreamscape, which I love. Never oh, get yeah, tired of Dreamscape. Dreamscape. And The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin. Which, that movie doesn't entirely hold up. It's okay. It's fine. But like it all, he definitely has a style. Stepfather um sleeping mm-hmm. with the enemy like mm-hmm. and the good son those movies feel it's like there's a consistency there like demented Super... family yeah dark yeah. husband yeah okay he's got mm-hmm. a style he's got a he, he's found his crack in the wall and he went in there and it's like this is my this is my lane definitely definitely and then the the movie itself was written by carolyn lefcourt and donald westlake and donald westlake has written over a hundred novels Wow. So he had major pedigree with this. Okay. And then Carolyn Lefcourt was mainly a TV movie writer. Okay. And she saw the John List case on something and was like, that would make a great thing for a movie. Oh, and for then sure. She turned it over to them and they all wrote, wrote it together. So, well, it's funny that she's got a TV movie background because the movie could be a TV movie. Yes. Like, yeah, I, I as much as I love it, like the quality of it is just like it's almost like if Jerry Blake, if Terry O'Quinn wasn't in it, uh, like he's the one, he's the one that makes it feel more cinematic because because he's so good. But right, it it's got a TV movie quality to it. Mm-hmm. It definitely Absolutely. does. Yeah, like a movie of the week, the stepfather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the stepfather. Well, remember when movies of the week, especially in the nineties and and like the late eighties, when they were just like brutal i mean it was like you had this combination of either it was either pedophilia or child abuse or they went through this weird like satanism phase where there were quite a few 90s made for tv movies that were about like um like women who had moved to this like small town that just happened to be inhabited by like a bunch of satanists (laughs) and like and like one of the satanists was like somebody from like la law you know? oh yeah quite corbin burnson <laughs> right right it was just stuff like that you know and um because we as kids especially when we like did summers other and at other places <clears throat> that was all we did was like sit up at night and watch tv and there was yeah. always you know a tv movie on and it was but they were just like what the fuck like they really were dark I think my favorite TV movie ever is the one with uh, Fred Savage, where he plays the high. He he, he plays the boyfriend of Candace Cameron, and oh. he, he he's abusive. Yeah, and then he ends abusive. up killing her. I think yes. that might have been a. Was that a true story? Maybe think, maybe not. I think a lot of those were sort of ripped from the headlines. Yeah, um, I, it had to have been. But he plays a real uh, dark motherfucker in that, and it's just like he had to have just been like, I'm tired of being. Kevin Arnold, like, give me some <laughs> scripts that let me show my range. And he showed it. He, I mean, he's like, he's just, he's brutal in that. 
He's well, so bad. Mark Mark Paul Gosler, who played Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell, he did this movie with Candace Cameron, because I guess she was just doing everything, uh, called <laughs> She Cried No, which is Ooh. exactly what you think it is. And it's about it was remember that was that whole series of like frat rapes that happened. And that was like a huge storyline in both TV movies and soap operas. It was like fraternity, gang rape, big thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. But I'm sure you've had your full of the rape since you just saw two rape movies in a row. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't need to see any more. How did you do that? Well, I mean, they're such good. I mean, they're good movies. Not that I... but no, I, you know what? I didn't even think about it. Like when I booked it with this friend of mine, I was just like, neither of, us, neither of us thought about it. And then I texted her and I'm just like, wait a second. Did you really realize what we're doing right now? Like, but we, let's take a step back and look at these two movies that we're doing back to back. Right. And she was just like, oh my God. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, let's do it. Rape Fest 2023. Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh, so rough. Um, Dr. Bondurant, I did not recognize him from anything. So I am going to assume that he was Canadian also, like Stephen Shellen is Canadian. I'm not sure. Um, And Jill Sholin, obviously we went through her, uh, you know, resume. Shelly Hack is like a legendary actress, isn't she? Yes, yes. Shelly Hack? She was, was she a Charlie's Angel? Uh, God, she God is best it. known as the face of Revlon's Charlie perfume in the mid seventies. Oh, so she was a model. I mean, she, yeah, I mean she's stunning. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. But then, like, what was her other big movie? I, she was probably she had to have been on. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and her role as Tiffany Wells in the fourth season of Charlie's Angels. Okay, so she is a Charlie's Angel. It's hard to keep track of yeah, all of them. But right. Yeah. Okay. She's she's great. She she plays in this like really amazing sleazy erotic thriller called The Finishing Touch. Hard to find. Yeah, it's uh, a great title. Oh yeah, and it's about so she plays like the the ex wife of this cop uh, who's investigating uh, snuff films, and Ooh. the guy who's doing the snuff films is um, Arnold Vosloo. Wow, what a name! Right. And um, who's very well known in South Africa, apparently. And um, he and he was on like 24. He's always like he's always a villain. I don't think he's literally I think he's never played like, you know, the nice guy or whatever. He's always mm-hmm. like, you know, the smuggler or whatever. So yeah, right. um, but it also has Ted Raimi in it. Like, as, I know like, that name. I know that name. Who is that? Sam Raimi's brother as like oh, the comic okay. relief in it. So it's just. <laughs> But yeah, totally bananas. And Shelly Hack has a very nice body double. Uh, but it's a you know, it's a total. I I, I wouldn't believe that Shelly Hack would need a body double, but they they had to get one in there. I want to say when she did this movie, <laughs> if I had to look at the time period in which it was made, there it is. Yep, <laughs> yep. The finishing touch. Yes, I got to see it. Thirty three percent on movie phone. All right. <laughs> Arnold Boslow. Yeah, he looks familiar. Oh yeah. Um Clark J- Oh, there's Ted Raimi. Wow, he is definitely him and Sam Raimi look so much alike, but like Ted Raimi definitely looks like the brother. That's the actor. Right. Of the, the brother of the of the family. Exactly. Exactly. Like the not that famous actor of, right. the, of, the, of the of the two. He's in That's a lot funny. of stuff. He's in Shocker. 
He's in Dark Man. He's in oh, okay. a lot of like, oh, you're that guy. Like he's very much an oh, you're that guy. Like he just yeah. shows up. Sh- I love Shocker. Yeah. Oh, God, I love Shocker. Yeah. So good. That should be our next movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I haven't seen it in a long, long, long time. I, I would love it. If that was at the new Beverly, I would be I'd camp out the night before. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. <laughs> um. All right. So uh once again we have uh we've we've finished our we've finished our stepfather um where can people find you on the socials so to speak camp good boy yes camp good boy on instagram camp good boy on spotify on itunes maybe on youtube one day (laughs) (laughs) um but you know what you know what like so like where would you rank stepfather in your list of horror movies at least your favorite horror Oh, that's in the top five, at least. Yeah, I think it's I top ten for me. Um, but because you, you know what's great about it is that like I was thinking because it's not scary in that like um, so like when you see like Halloween, you see Friday the Thirteenth, you know, there's always like the oh lock your doors because you know right, Freddy or Michael or Jason could be out there. In this one, it's not so much lock your doors; it's more just like be careful who you let into your life, like absolutely that's the thing because you see freddie and jason you're gonna run because that's a that's a monster when you see terry o'quinn like yeah you think he's creepy but like anybody could be mm-hmm. like this so it, it's really like that's why i say like i bet women and like again men who were who were marrying into a family were probably like super i don't know how big the movie was in 87 but like people that saw it were probably like really guarded like Man, I, that, this isn't so much like I have to go home and sleep with the light on. This is a movie where I have to go home and be like, this guy that I've been on a few dates with or this woman that I've been on a few dates with is like, I don't know. There's some like, how do I like it's you never you can be got to be careful who you trust. Yeah, yeah. It's and like as- sc- it's scary in that regard. And it, it also was like we live in the golden age of like true crime and like yeah. husbands that murder their wives. I mean, this was the movie that really like. When you look at it now, with all the stuff we have now, it's just like, man, that was like, there was kind of ahead of its time. Right. If you look at someone like um, Chris Watts, is that the the the, yeah. the guy that- The Colorado guy. The guy, the Colorado guy that, you know, had like all the social media and, mm-hmm. you know, was very much about the image of perfectionism and, yeah, and right. the family being perfect and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It, it's very, you know, mirroring like that. Um, so yeah, it taps into that fear. It's not so much like a, oh, I'm afraid of the keeping the lights on or lock your doors at night. It's more just like, like with dating, like with meeting people, like you just, you never know who you're letting in, who you're letting in the door. And, uh, yeah, I've, I was like thinking about it the past few weeks. I was like, I think this is definitely in my top 10 for sure. It's yeah. like a different kind of, it's a different kind of scary movie. Absolutely. It's more of a psychological thriller and it, and yeah. the emotional, damage and and the trauma and of of it is just you know it's a just watching him you know devolve so to speak (laughs) for sure and oh we should shout out nick's movie yeah who invited charlie everybody should watch that yes it's a fun it's a really fun movie i'm gonna watch it this weekend yeah it's it's fun it's fun i uh it's very very cool and nick was on my less than zero episode (laughs) so that's right yeah so very very cool um, um well, but I'll, I'll do yeah. shocker i'll definitely do shocker awesome yeah i was yeah, like thinking I'm, about it i'm like i don't know anybody that likes it like i like it i mean i have the soundtrack for god's sakes <laughs> like, 
Holy shit. Wow. I do. It's That's great. a fan right there. Yeah. That's a fan. But it's really great. And there's so much about Shocker that, because it's so, I mean, it's so layered, you know, because it's like there's there's a romance element to it, right? All right. So everyone can find Manic Movie Monday podcast on Instagram because that's where I post. I am on Twitter, <laughs> but I'm never on there. So it it would behoove you to friend us on Instagram. Yeah, it's a better it's a better way of life spending the less time you can spend on Twitter, the better. Ugh. God, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a successful that's a, one there. It's a great note to end on. <laughs> For the touch of your lips, dear But much more for the touch of your whips, dear You can raise welts like nobody else As we dance to the masochism tango